This week on From Corner to Corner, it's just Sean and Neil this week. We discuss head coaching changes, the World Cup, USA moves on to the Sweet 16, this and so much more on this week's From Corner to Corner. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and sports enthusiasts from around the world. This is the podcast you have all been waiting for. Whether listening in the car, on your morning drive, or with one earbud in at the office, this is the sports show that has it all. From pro wrestling to the octagon, from the gridiron to the baseball diamond, from the pitch to the ice, it's all here. You have tuned in to Mount Sterling's most downloaded podcast that drops on Saturdays at 3 a.m. This is not your average podcast. This is From Corner to Corner. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Big Papa Kuyper, Wes Redman Crouch, Adam Big Country Muncie, and Neil Mulletman Payne. And welcome back to another episode of From Corner to Corner. This is Sean, here with Neil only tonight. The other two guys have ditched us. Flying solo, baby, just like OGs. We're the OGs of the podcast. Their priorities are still not in the right spot. Well, we haven't got to this point yet, but these jokers couldn't take the fact that I came all the way back from dead in our pick'em competition to win. You did. And they were like, no, no, no. We said we were going to include the championship games. Nobody said that. Adam doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> Wes, you can't even decipher what his texts are supposed to say. He's typing with doe fingers, I guess. And so anything to try to to overthrow your baby boy who came all the way back to win the competition. I am the champion, Lee champion. Yeah, and and I finished one point behind you, and they tied for third. Last place. Yes. So we did say on the show last week, it was very prominent on the show. It is is recorded. Mm Mm-hmm. Forever that the that that was the last week of the competition, and I won. You did, and and I took that loss gracefully. Gracefully, you sure I, did. I, I had no point in time did I say, "Oh no, no, no." You know, I thought when I got my underdog that I had it locked up, and then <laughs> stupid Minnesota goes and 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 cost Jim Leonard his job at West Virginia or at uh, Wisconsin. We're going to talk about that. Jim Leonard was never going to get that job. No, I don't think he was either. So, but needless to say, you are the champion. But we're still going to pick the bowl game, the bowl game, or the championship games this week, just for funsies. Yeah, just for funs. But it means nothing whatsoever. It means nothing. And listen, if Adam and Wes were here to state their case, we may change that. But I'm making that decision right now that these these games don't matter. I mean. Your name is on the official billboard of the it podcast. Is. It is. I am the champion. And if we get right down to the nitty gritty, this was your idea for the podcast. You so know, this is technically your podcast. I mean, so basically, it's my world. They just get to be a part of it because I allow them to. That's true. Anywho, we do record on Tuesdays, so this will be dropping on Saturday morning. But we do have some big news to drop on the show. Because I live in America. I feel good. Sure do. 
We sure do. And Team USA, led by Uncle Sam, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, the legends that this country is built off of, going to the knockout round of the FIFA World Cup. Yeah. And, you know, I have followed, I've not watched much of it, but I have followed along because all three of you all are pretty entranced into this. Right. It's very comical to watch the text message thread when a game is transpiring. Well, today, uh, Wes and Adam were all about the game. <laughs> Wes is like, I can't breathe. I can't. I can't sit down. I can't even sit down. <laughs> I think I'm going to poop my pants. I mean, just, I'm going to get sick. I can't do this. And... And and then you and I were both. You, you were like, uh, "Is there is there a game going on?" <laughs> and Adam's like, "Yeah." And uh, he said, "The red, white, and blue." And I was like, "Oh, France." <laughs> yeah, and, and I said, "England." <laughs> right. And then I I don't know. I said something, and Adam was like, "Well, because we're patriotic." Well, because I don't watch soccer doesn't mean that I'm not patriotic, even if I watch them. I don't understand a lick of it unless I see the ball go in the goal. I mean, Adam's just filled with 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 hate sometimes because his team won't fire Neil Brown. That's what it is, uh, and he's just hateful. <laughs> That's true. But all, listen, all these new, all these good coaches are getting taken left and right, and there's West Virginia still sitting there with theirs. Hey, we quote this movie all the time, and John Denver. That's who's saying Country Roads, right? Yes. Well, we quote the movie Dumb and Dumber all the time. Yes. And to quote Dumb and Dumber, that John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> we just drove through West Virginia. It's a pretty sucky state. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. It's an expensive state to drive through. I don't even know why Neil Brown would want to be there. The, the gas is 50 cents a gallon higher. You got all the freaking toll booths. I mean, we paid out $40 in tolls to go through the state. It's like Jiminy Christmas. Listen, if you're going to if you're going to hang your hat on anything, you West Virginians, Jesco White, that's who you need to hang your hat on. All right? Not Bob Huggins. Not Steve Slayton or Pat White. Or whoever the governor is. <laughs> Jesco White. That's who we need to hang our hat on. The Wild and Wonderful White. That needs to be the marketing strategy. Listen, Wild and Wonderful West Virginia is what it says on their signs. It needs to say, Home of the Wild and Wonderful Whites. Got to be careful talking about those. I think it's some of Adam's kinfolk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, needless to say, USA played very well, I thought, as a non-soccer guy. I mean, holding England to no goals where both of the other teams gave up goals to them. It seems to me like our biggest challenge is scoring. That's what she said. (laughs) I didn't even think that would be a setup, but apparently it is. So moving on because they're not here. So we don't have to talk about all these announcers and all these soccer guys that I don't know who they are. Some big news that I saw right before I came down here to the, to the show, the Rose Bowl has been given a deadline to decide if they're going to be a part of the expansion playoff or not. And if they're not, they could lose their New Year's Six Day game 
And if if they don't do the playoff by 2024, it could cost them $450 million, not the Rose Bowl, but the playoff. They're going to roll on without the Rose Bowl if they don't make up their mind. The Rose Bowl is basically the bowl equivalent of Notre Dame. Like, they think it's like, at this point, you know, 50 years ago, the Rose Bowl was a big deal. Yeah. In 2022, 23, moving forward, it's not a big deal. I mean, they don't even sell out their home games. Right. And it's like, it's a rundown stadium, okay? Very. Um, You know, who cares about the Big Ten versus the Pac-12? Nobody cares about that. And now that USC and 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 UCLA are coming to be the part of the Big Ten, what's the lure of that matchup? Like, it's going to be Oregon, Utah, Washington. It's well, I mean Oregon, Oregon State took pretty good, and you know yeah. a guy we're going to talk about later, Arizona State. I think I mean if anybody can turn Arizona State around, it's going to be it's going to be Dillingham that just got hired there. But yeah. that's a that's a topic for later on. Uh, but. They think – I mean, the Rose Bowl and the Rose Bowl committee think there's something that they're not. I mean, yeah, nobody cares about you anymore. Yeah. They used to be the granddaddy, the granddaddy of them all. It used to be the grand – oh, Nelly. Yeah. But, I mean, now that you have the, the college football playoff, Michigan's going to be out of there. Because it used to be the Big Ten winner versus the Pac-12 winner. Well – those guys now, if it's USC that wins, and it, we all assume that it's going to be Michigan to win, well, those guys are going to the CFP. So now you're looking at an Ohio State and Utah, or probably, probably. You know? And it's like that's not a bad matchup, but I mean, is that really what you're going to hang your hat on? Right. Because the Rose Bowl was built to focus on Ohio State versus USC. Right. That's why the game was. That's why the game was made. Right. Now we're going to get to see them play every other year, every I mean at least at least once every four, if, four years. And if they're in if they wind up being in the same division, they'll play every year, but well, I'm I'm sure that they're going to join the West. Well, they need to because the East is absolutely loaded. What? And I mean, but I mean, I don't know. Of course, they may one each I mean They'll have to balance out each side, or they may rearrange. And I think I think they'll end up rearranging, and you'll have a team or two from the West join yeah. the East. Yeah, and bad news for them because, like you said, the East they have three teams in the top ten right now. Right, but that's all they have. Right. Awesome segue there because the West in the last couple of days has gotten a heck of a lot better. Two of the top hires in the in college football, Matt Rule to Nebraska, go Huskers, go Huskers, and Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. That pushes a lot of coaching talent to that western side, and I'm still curious to see what's going to happen with Iowa. I'm not sold on the fact that that uh, Farron stays. Well, they probably will. They, but they have to make some changes. They have to make some culture changes there. For he that. does. Um, he just signed that extension last year. I tend to think that Ferens is going to be there. Uh, you know, is they get these goofy buyout? That, that's the worst thing that has happened to collegiate sports. Is are the are, are these buyout clauses? It's the only profession. Coaching's the only profession that you can suck at your job 
and they have to pay you to leave. Yeah. If you if you were a crappy salesman, do you think your boss, Sean, do you think Rusty is going to say, Sean, you suck at your job. Here is $100,000. Please leave. <laughs> right. No, he's not going to do that. No, he's going to say, Sean, you suck. Leave. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the things that Matt Rule was contemplating because the Panthers owed him $40 million. Well, and so he could have just sat on that. It, but, you know, if he takes the job, that that settlement becomes different, right? So now that – but he, he chose to coach. Uh, Nebraska gave him some pretty good money. They gave him an eight-year deal. Right. And, you know, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. I've been a fan of Matt Rule since he was at Temple. Mm-hmm. So being a newly born Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. Bandwagon, go Huskers. It, it's hard. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. I guess we are a bandwagon, but I mean, it's not like we're bandwagon because they're winning, right? Well, and I mean, we became fans during this like coaching search, yes, because we assumed that Scott Frost was going to lose his job, yes, and th- then we did know, a lot of research. We did on a lot that. of research and, and just their tradition. Yeah. And so, listen, listening to Matt Rule talk about tradition, mm-hmm. I saw that 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 TikTok he was talking about where he's talking about. Being uh, going to own the offensive and defensive mm-hmm. line, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to be fast. We'll have to have strong quarterback play, but he he's like, we're not going to look at the spread and stuff because the one of the biggest comments that I really held on to in that little interview was, "You can't win that way in the Midwest." Nope. Okay, so he understands the weather. Mm-hmm. Is going to be a factor mm-hmm. in Nebraska. He understands that he's going to have to be able to run the football, mm-hmm. a la Michigan, a la Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to run the football. You can't go to Nebraska and run the Oregon spread. Well, I was going to say, if he came in with the Oregon spread or the Mike Leach offense into Nebraska, it's like, this is what we're going to do, he automatically has lost the fan base. Yeah, because, well, the wind's going to blow. And, 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 you just you just can't play like that. Well, and you and, might be able to on occasion, right? But they're used to having a really good defense. Yep, they're used to having big nasty hog mollies on the offensive and defensive line. Yeah, and they're used to running the ball. Yeah, and which which in today's in today's world, he's going to look for a really good mobile quarterback that's strong that will help. You mm-hmm. know. Like, I'm pretty sure if Matt Rule would have had Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, and if he'd been there and had Adrian Martinez, he would have been able to maximize that, that, that kid's ability. I mean, think about what he could have probably done for Wondell Robinson. Right. Yeah. I mean, Wondell Robinson doesn't leave if Matt Rule's there, I would say. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Because he's going to use what Wondell Robinson does best, and he's going to get him the ball. One of the things that I took from it – he said that he knows how hard the fan base works yeah. to earn money to come and watch the Nebraska Cornhuskers play. Yeah. He, he knows how much it means to the state of Nebraska. There is nothing else in Nebraska. Nebraska football is king. Yeah. He knows what that means. 
And he said he's going to put a product on the field that all Nebraskans can be proud of. Yeah. You and I both. I believe that, too. You're giving me the goosies right now, I got the goosies. Hair's standing up on my arms. Yeah. Um, I believe that year one's going to be tough. I I agree. You you and I had tossed around the idea, surely Matt Rule's good for two wins. You know, an additional two wins. I don't think they're bowl eligible next year. Yeah, because as you said, you it's a culture change. Yeah, he's going to come in. You boys don't know how to play football. Yeah, the way you don't know. Take that back. You don't know how to play winning football. Yeah, so he has to change the culture. He has to change the mindset. You talked earlier that he's going to get that Texas pipeline going again. There's yeah. a lot of talent in Texas. Yeah, they they they. You know, rumor has that that he's got. Uh, he will probably pull in some sort of a, a a Texas high school coach or some sort of a connection that way to get back into that pipeline. Cause, right. Because I mean Baylor, you know, here's the here's I love the fact that we're doing this sports thing now because I I listen to a lot of the sports radio analysts and stuff like that, and it's so fascinating the takes on it. And I'll be honest with you. I think our takes are pretty dang good. Oh, I would agree. A lot of times. I mean, you look at the fact that in our pick'em game, we picked about 65% of the games correctly. Well, this wasn't no points or anything. Right. These were straight up Straight wins. Yep. You know? And we got about 65% of them correct. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. Okay? So, when you hear the... When you hear the people out there going, well, he followed Golden, who had it set up, and then he followed Art Bryles, and when he ran out of their players, he left. Well, no. <laughs> Art Bryles and Baylor was a disaster. It was shambles. Nobody wanted that job. I mean, he was winning, but there was such a mess. Half the freaking team transferred out when right. he got fired. Right. So – Maybe he did follow a good uh, golden at Temple and and capitalize on it, but he's the guy that got Baylor to the brink of a college football playoff. You know, it's so funny because Tubby Smith, for example, gets gets cr- criticized all the time. The only reason he won a national championship in '98 was because he had Rick Pitino's players. It's true. Okay. I mean, Rick, I'm not agreeing with that. I'm agreeing right, with your statement. Right. That's what everybody says. Rick Pitino left after 97. Yep. The team that won in 1998, Rick Pitino could not have coached to a national championship because they weren't Rick Pitino-style players. Yeah. They were players he had, he had recruited. He knew he was leaving, right? Yeah. Him and, him and Boston had been in talks. They weren't a terrible team, but it was nothing like the caliber they had in 95, 96, 97, right? That team doesn't win a national title with Rick Patino. The reason they won the national title is because they were set up to run a Tubby Smith-style offense, a Tubby Smith-style defense. Now, a lot of those guys had the, had the good fortune of going through uh, preseason and 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 in season workouts with Rick Pitino, and he's I mean he's known to run. I mean, you, one thing they're going to play tough. They're going to be in shape. They're going to be fast. 
and they're going to play tough defense. Yeah. And those were those are some key things of the team, but that team doesn't win the national title if it's not Tubby Smith. So I say all that to say, yes, they might be somebody else's players, but it's still the coach's system. Right. It's the coach that gets them motivated to play. Well, I mean, theoretically, he's he's going to be taking over Scott Frost players, but they they're four and eight this year. Mickey Joseph won three of those games, I think. If if he comes in next year, and like I said, two two wins, right? So if they're six and six next year with this same team, he's automatically already changed the culture. Uh, you know, so I look forward to see what he can do. Now, moving on to Luke Fickle, I haven't. I don't know if he's been announced. You know, like done his interview. I've not seen any interviews of his stuff yet, so I, I can't speak to that. But you would assume that Wisconsin is closer to the rebuild than Nebraska is. Because Wisconsin has predominantly been, you know, a competitive team. For some odd reason, they just had a bad year this year. Well, and they still went 6-6. Six and six. Like, they're going to play in a bowl game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what they were thinking with Jim Leonard. I, I think they honestly thought with seven games left to go, let's see what he can do. I guess they were thinking if he can win all seven of them, he can stay head coach. Um, but they don't have a quarterback. And they can't run the ball the way they have. And their defense wasn't that good. So they just weren't a very good Wisconsin football team this year. Yep. So, but they went away from the Wisconsin style. It's Luke Fickle is not a Wisconsin guy. So they're they're they understand that they look at Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and they realize, okay, we're gonna have to be able to get a quarterback. It all starts with quarterback play. Yeah. And I mean that that that's from high school down, right? You cannot just run the ball now and play strong defense and expect to be able to win because the thing about it is is if you get behind in a game you can't catch up. <laughs> you, you have to have a quarterback in order to be able to throw the ball to be able to catch up if you get behind. Right. So, so, so we, we've talked uh, multiple times, and I just did a, I just did a quick, a quick search of jobs that Luke Fickle has turned down. Um, I mean he, he definitely. Turned down the Michigan State job two years ago. Okay, I didn't know that. I guess the year they hired Mel Tucker. Yeah, um, maybe it's longer than that. Anyway, he turned like this was year three for Tucker. I think there was multiple. There's multiple articles that he uh, he Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle turns down Michigan State job. That was in February 10, 2020. Uh, he. USC apparently had some interest in him p- prior to uh, Lincoln Riley, and they kind of drifted apart. You know, there's been several SEC jobs that he's been linked to that have come open. So you think, why Wisconsin? Right. Well, Wisconsin, much like Nebraska, is a is is a one horse town. There's nothing else in Wisconsin. 
I mean, college-wise. Of course, right. you know, you got, you got Dupacus, uh, but college-wise, there's not another there's not another show in town. Right. If you look, Michigan State, I don't think – I mean, he, he wanted to stay in the Midwest Big Ten region. Okay, that's where he – He's he's an Ohio State grad, I think. Was on the coaching staff there. Was interim head coach for a bit. Whenever Herb, or maybe before Herb, or I, I think he was the interim head coach the year they hired Urban Meyer, I think. And then he stayed on staff for a little while. Took so he's familiar with the area. Um, so it's an area that he knows how to recruit, and it's Wisconsin. I mean, and and it goes back to being in the West, like. You're like, well, why didn't he take the job in the East? Why would you want to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State every year? Right. I mean, the West is a very winnable division. I mean, look at this year. Yeah. I mean, it came down to the very last day or the last weekend, and you had what, two or three teams with the potential of winning it. I mean, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota all finished the year five and four, six and three. Yeah. Then you – then, then Wisconsin was four and five, Nebraska three and six, Northwestern one and eight. Sad, sadly, the only game that Nebr- that Northwestern won was first was game in, season. Yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, they beat Nebraska. Yeah, they're one and zero in Ireland and zero and eleven in the United States. The only game they won. Yeah, and and we had and th- and that seems to be that was the downfall. That's when we started talking about Scott Frost being gone. I mean. We were talking prior to then that we thought Nebraska might push to win the West. Yeah. I mean, there were people preseason that was picking Nebraska to go 9-3. and three. Yeah. Yeah. Way off. Yeah. But I say all that to say Luke Fickle is tailor-made for a job like Wisconsin. If you don't think Luke Fickle is going to do a good job at Wisconsin, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. He took Cincinnati to the college football playoff. Yep. Now, you can you can say they play in the American all you want to. He still put a team together for multiple years because for a team like Cincinnati to get to the playoff when it's only four teams, it has to be multiple years of success. Right. He put together multiple years that made people pay attention. And he put together a team that they couldn't say no to. Well, he um, Cincinnati was right there with Alabama and Georgia with all of the first-round draft picks last year. Yes. And, I mean, Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, got drafted to the Falcons. They had all kinds of defensive players. Sauce is maybe the best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely defensive player of the year or rookie of the year. I yeah. mean, and he might be player of the year. I mean, he is he's single-handedly turned the Jets defense around. It is the second coming of Revis Island. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like he shuts down one half of the field. And so many people were like, "Oh, there he he played at Cincinnati. He's not going to be able Well, by golly, the Jets did their homework on that with the the Look, the Jets and the and the Lions, their draft classes are panning out, and the Seahawks too. Yep, there's these some of these teams are starting to figure out how to manage these draft picks. Well, and I don't know if you've seen the TikTok about Luke Fickle being asked if he knew that Sauce Gardner was going to be as good as he was. 
And he was like, no, he came in as a freshman weighing like a buck fifty. He was like, he couldn't even get on the field. And then he, he said the team they played, and he was like, he said, you know what their offense is like. They run like 130 plays a game, whatever the team was, I forget. And he said, so I put Sauce in just to give some guys a breather. And then he breaks up a pass. And the next play, he intercepts it and returns it for a pick six. And he said, I looked at the defense coordinator and was like, hmm, we might have a player on our hands. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. That's yeah. a really good story. And he was just like, he, I mean, no different than, you know, a lot of these, a lot of, Eric Bledsoe, for example, I'll use another Kentucky reference. Nobody in their wildest imagination thought when Eric Bledsoe came to Kentucky in 2010, he was going to be a one and done player. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't realize players are as good as they are. Right. They get underrated. They get undervalued. They get shown up. Maybe maybe they play at small schools and they don't get the looks that they should. Yeah. That doesn't well, mean that they're any less good. We talked about it on the trip down. Uh, there was an interview that I saw with Josh Allen. He was a zero-star. Uh, quarterback Josh Allen. Qu- yeah, quarterback Josh Allen. He was a zero-star athlete in high school. No, I mean, he sent emails and videos to as many coaches and colleges as he could. Nobody gave him a look. And he went to a, a JUCO school and played there. And the coach at Wyoming caught an eye, a glimpse of him, and went and recruited him and said, you're going to be our starting quarterback for the next three years. And he went to Wyoming, turned into a top ten pick, and now is competing for the MVP and, you know, has Buffalo – in as good a shape as any to compete for the Super Bowl. And and it'll be that way for the next several years because yeah. that's how good him yeah. and Patrick Mahomes are. Yeah. But, but it's, it's like, you know, sometimes it's the guys that don't get the respect are the ones that turn into the best players because they're like, well, uh, who was the uh, – who's the – oh, uh, Almon St. Brown. He's the one that can name all of the wide receivers that went before him in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a guy like that's a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. Well, I mean, Tom Brady, 199. Yeah. Told Robert Kraft, I'm the best decision that you've ever made. Ballsy on his part, right? Yeah. And he did that in a practice early, right after he was drafted. Yeah. Because as you and I talked on the on 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 the way to North Carolina, you can't measure the intangibles. Yeah. One of the intangibles is the will to win. Yeah. The biggest intangible is your heart. Right. And I mean Josh Allen, two quarterbacks selected ahead of Josh Allen. Do you do you remember who they were? Um what draft was that? That would have been eighteen. Baker Mayfield and uh Sam Darnold. One and three, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. You think the Jets would have liked to take Josh Allen instead of Sam Darnold? Yeah, and I mean, Deshaun Watson went after him, right? Or was that uh, – yeah, no. No, Deshaun would have been – uh, Lamar was in that draft. Lamar went to the Ravens in that draft. Josh Rosen was the one that went after Josh Allen. And when he come out and said that uh, – 
31 teams made a mistake. We're going to we're going to regret not yeah. taking him. Yeah, well, nobody's regretting that now. I don't even think he's in the league anymore. He's I if he is, he's third on the depth chart somewhere. Practice squad. Yeah. But we say all that to say I think Wisconsin and Nebraska both hit home run hires. I do too. I and I don't think they could have of of who's available. I don't think they could have gotten better spots. I really don't. And then on the flip side, it broke that Georgia Tech was going to hire the coach from Tulane. Yeah. Uh, what, what's Fritz. his name? Willie Fritz, I think. Who's in his 60s. Yeah. And apparently the fan base lost their mind. Yeah. And was like, why do we want a 60-plus-year-old man here coaching? We're looking for somebody who can be here long term. Yeah. And it looks like – they're just going to take the interim tag off yeah. the guy that finished the year. Yeah. Bold move, I guess. You know, I, I mean, so so fu- interesting that you bring up Georgia Tech. Okay, we we were talking. Uh, David Shaw uh, stepped down from Stanford over the weekend while we were gone, right? And we made mention of the fact that Stanford has some really tough. Transfer rules, their grades, you know, they're they're a tough school, right? They're they're probably one of the most prestigious academic schools in the nation. Right. So so they're you just not just anybody can transfer in there, okay? Well, Georgia Tech apparently is along the same lines that they have some really high academic standards and you know how do you expect these colleges to compete on the football field. Because, I mean, they're all wanting winners. We want to win, but you can't have anybody that doesn't have a GPA above this. Mm -hmm. You can't have anybody come in and transfer in. They can't live here. They can't do this. They can't do that. But we want you to get 10 wins and compete for an ACC or a Big 12 championship. All right, Coach, go go do it. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 go ahead. You show me how to do it. Well, and I mean, I so, mean, I think they 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 wore Shaw down. They just wore him down. They did well, and I mean, it talked about they talked about how Caleb Williams probably won the Heisman this past week against against Notre Dame, and it's not that he's putting up great numbers; it's how flashy he is, mm-hmm. right? And uh, his that we heard the comparison. He's got the legs of Lamar Jackson with the arm of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has has pretty agile legs too, so I don't <laughs> I don't know that I don't know Lamar's that much better than him in terms of mobility, but you get I mean that's a solid like if if that's how he is, Caleb Williams is destined for great things. Right. But they said the only reason that he's been able to do that is because people now are interested in USC. Mm-hmm. People are in like. They talked about the celebrities being back at the home games. They've right. talked about – and what else has USC got to do the last couple of weeks? They don't have to play at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Right. They're playing at 7 o'clock. They're playing at 3 o'clock. You know, they're playing where people can watch them. Yes. And now people are like, oh, dang, that Caleb Williams is really good. Right. On the flip side, nobody saw how good Andrew Luck was. Right. Nobody saw Christian McCaffrey put together one of the best seasons his his junior year. I think it was last year at Stanford. Yes. That anybody has ever had, and nobody saw it because they're West Coast. By the time they were on TV, 
I'm not staying up at 10, 11 o'clock right. to watch Stanford play Oregon State. Right. I don't care about that. Yeah. But he was a human highlight reel in college. And nobody knew. The the casual fan did not know. Right. And it probably cost Christian McCaffrey the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is crazy because that that shouldn't matter. I mean, if you're if you're truly doing this on the best player, it should be based off of his performances and his stats, not oh well, I didn't really get to watch him much on TV. So let me ask you this question. Is Caleb Williams the best player in college football? He's one of. I don't know that he is the best. If Blake Corum had played Sunday and ran all over um, Ohio State like Devin Edwards did, Blake Corum wins the Heisman, doesn't he? I think so. I, I honestly do. I do too. So and, and, and Blake Corum and I don't know if Corum will even get the invite now. Blake Corum fell into the Kenneth Walker situation, got hurt, missed a couple games, and I mean because last year, if you remember, you and I talked, yeah. we thought Kenneth Walker could legitimately win the Heisman. Yeah, well, I mean he single handedly carried Mi- Michigan State to to their whole record. Yeah, and he's doing the same thing with the Seahawks. Right, <laughs> he's good. So he's really good. But I mean that. So that just goes to show you how important it is to be on TV. I think that, and we haven't really touched on this, but I think that was one of the biggest factors to USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So last week's show, we were convinced that Kiffin was headed to Auburn. We were wrong. We were wrong. Not only did he not go to Auburn, but he stayed at Ole Miss. Apparently because his family did not want to move. Now, that's a very good excuse. I think that's a cop-out. I, to be honest with you, I don't think he wanted to put up with the bull crap at Auburn. I think <laughs> Auburn got their just desserts with the guy they hired. I think it's a match made in heaven or hell, however you want to look at it. I think Hugh Freeze and the Auburn boosters deserve each other. Yeah. I mean – it is obvious. I mean, I don't know all of the Hugh Freeze past, but apparently it, that's all people are talking about as, as basically Auburn sold their soul to the devil by, by bringing him in. And basically the devil in, their, in a lot of people's mind is Hugh Freeze. Right. Now, with that being said, all those same people think that Hugh Freeze is going to win a lot of games at Auburn. Yeah. I heard something yesterday or this morning – Maybe it was this morning. I don't know. The last four or five days have all run together. That they didn't know if Sankey and the SEC had approved his uh, hire. And I'm like, what does that got to do with anything? Apparently has something to do with what transpired when he was at Ole Miss that maybe Auburn had to get it cleared to even hire him. That could be why it took – an extra day to announce it because he was supposed to have been announced Sunday and it didn't get announced until yesterday. So maybe like a show cause situation, kind of like you know, yeah. uh, it's 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 more common with basketball coaches. I know that Bruce Pearl had show calls whenever he was let go at Tennessee before Auburn could hire another Auburn situation before yeah. Auburn. Could Auburn hire. likes these crooked coaches, doesn't? Well, you know, and and the argument is 
the things those coaches did at their previous schools aren't technically violations anymore. Right. Uh, still, it seems like Hugh Freeze might have the morals of an alley cat. <laughs> and I'm not sure I would want to be associated with him. But well, winning seems to be very important in yeah. college football. And, and he went to Liberty and he won a lot of football games. He's going to go to Auburn and win a lot of football games. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, though, if he can't beat Nick Saban and or whoever's the next coach at Alabama on a consistent basis, it doesn't matter. He too will be out of a job very soon. Yeah. Speaking of not being able to beat anybody, what about old Ryan Day? I th- I told you that I thought that him and Ohio State are very overrated at this point. The way that Michigan has spanked him the last two years. Yeah. It's no longer Michigan chasing Ohio State. No. I think the, I think the script has been flipped. Yeah. yeah. And I think until something changes, that Michigan is the premier program in the Big yeah. Ten. For 30-plus years, Ohio State has always just been given the goose. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you look at the Big Ten, there's three good football teams in there right now. And they're all in the East. Yes. And they're all in the top ten. And and, and it's actually a stretch. Oh, I, I take that back. You, you, you did say good teams. Yes. I would say there's two great teams and one good team. Yeah. Penn State typically is chasing the other two. Yeah. but That's the only two losses they have this year is to those two teams. Right. So – but we say all that to say that you know the knock on the knock on Alabama is well they don't schedule nobody in their non-conference. You're right, they don't. But they also have to play LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Auburn. Auburn every year. Yeah. And then you throw in every four years they may have to play Georgia. They have to play Tennessee. Florida's t- you know better. South Carolina's improving quite a bit. Yeah. Why would you want to schedule somebody right. in why, the non-conference? Why are you going to put a Clemson or an Oregon on your schedule? And then you're going to bring in Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know much about college football. They're no pushovers. Right. You got Steve Sarkeesian's got Texas look like they're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Brent Venables yet to be determined. He right. may be he may be on the hot seat next year if something doesn't ch- change. Yeah. But when you're playing these teams Every year, why would you want to schedule, like you said? Why would you want to put Notre Dame on the schedule? Right. Why would you want to put – I mean, I told you when when the SEC expands, and we've talked about it on the show, Kentucky's going to drop the Louisville game. They're, they're going to have to. Yeah. I know they've beat Louisville four straight years, okay? They can't afford to play a Power 5 school when you play in a – in the, in the Big Ten of the SEC. Well, right now. It, it's currently an eight-game SEC schedule, right? And it's going to move to nine. It's going, yeah. So something has to give. So are you going to give away Central Michigan, or are you going to give away Louisville? You're going to give away Louisville, right? And the fan base doesn't want to hear that, right? I'm sure Louisville fan base does. Yeah. Yes, let's take Kentucky off the schedule. Yeah. And until and, and until the ACC, uh, you know, in, increases in size, let me add somebody else. Yeah. But. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But getting back to Ryan Day, I think Ryan Day should be on the hot seat. 
Yeah, his fan. The fa- Did you hear the fans after the game? Yes, they were chanting, "We want Urban." Yeah, and of course, Urban was on the the the, the after show there, but it, by, behind him, they were chanting, "We want Urban." You don't lose to Michigan. Okay, no. you don't win the national championship. Got it. We understand Alabama, Georgia, uh, USC. There's a lot of good teams out there, but you don't lose to Michigan two years in a row. He better win next year, and I don't think that he can. I'm not. I'm not sure. This, the Stroud's gone. This was. This was probably the best team he's had since he's since he's been at Ohio State. And, and they, they, they. I mean, they did lose a lot of receivers off last year's team. Yeah, but, but they returned gosh. quite a bit. I mean Marvin Harrison Jr. and then and, and and Joppo or whatever his name is. Think about how gross that wide receiver room was last year, with the dudes that are in the NFL now, plus yeah. the guys that like that was yeah. a disgusting yeah. wide receiver room. Yeah, Lave and Garrett Wilson are both absolutely balling out right now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're competing for offensive player of the year. Brees Hall unfortunately got hurt. So between uh between Ohio State and Alabama's. Wide receiver room the last several years, like they're filling up the NFL. Gross. Yeah, but we say all that like we just said that you only have three good teams currently in the in all the Big Ten. Forget divisions. There's only three good teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Yeah, if you're not beating both those teams, who are you really beating? Right. Illinois is on their way. They 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 had a really strong beginning. Part of the season, I think they had some injuries that that got them down the stretch, but they're they're going to be. I mean, uh, oh shoot, what is his name? Uh, Brett Bielema has them headed in the right direction because Brett Bielema is a Big Ten guy. He is. He is. He's he won guy. a lot of games at Wisconsin. Yeah, and then you got Wisconsin who just hired Luke Fickle. They're yeah. going to get better. Yeah, you and got Nebraska. Nebraska just hired Matt Rule. They're going to get yeah. better. You got Mel Tucker who's not going to suck forever. Right. I mean, he's won previously. Yeah. I think he'll win again. Yeah, he'll reload. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, we're going to add USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. Yeah. Which, going back to what we said earlier, Iowa doesn't have a lot of time left with Ferentz. He's got to figure something out pretty quick. Right. Or they won't have a choice. Right. But then to make a move from him. Because the fan base will turn on him. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, up until the last day, you know, what a surprise victory by Nebraska to knock them out because they were headed towards the uh, Big Ten championship game until Nebraska beat them, and all Purdue had to do was win, and they did. And, I mean, Purdue is there, but, I mean, it's kind of a surprise that they're in the – like, I don't know that they won their way to the Big Ten title game more than everybody else lost their way out of it. Right. They they did just enough. Um. I think that maybe the most emotional hire, though, happened on the West Coast. Oh, man. He about made me cry watching his interview. Ken Dillingham. Yeah. Was he, the, he's the OC for Oregon, was right? Was the OC at Oregon. Yeah. Arizona Phoenix boy went to college at Arizona State. Yeah. He's doing – if you haven't watched his press conference – it is worth the watch. You better uh, grab some tissues. I mean, he's sitting there talking. He cries the entire time. And he said. <laughs> Almost instantly, he started crying. And he said, this is me. I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. 
But he started with this is home. This is home. He he looked at one of the guys standing in the back. He 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 started crying. Said that guy was in my wedding. Yeah. Looked at another guy. I played little league with that guy. Yeah. Looked at another one. I used to go to Tuesday night meetings and he was there. Like he pointed out all the people that were in the room that he had interactions with. Yeah. And he said, I didn't know these people were going to be here. But there's he and he you know talked about how. You know, he talked about his in-laws, talked about his family. They, like, we're from this area. He closed with, this is my dream job. Ken Dillingham's not using Arizona State to go to USC. Mm-mm. Ken Dillingham wants to be at Arizona State. Well, and in all honesty, if you <laughs> – again, with USC and UCLA leaving – Doors wide open. Pac-12 becomes pretty darn winnable. You got Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, and and Washington. Arizona State is the type of program that can compete with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to Herm Edwards. He started out really good a couple years ago, and just it just really fell off. And you know it. I don't anticipate this being a quick turnaround for Arizona State, but rumors are that he's bringing that uh, quarterback from uh, Oregon with him. Dual t- threat. Tie something. I don't remember. Uh, but, I mean, he's like third on the depth chart. If Bo Nix comes back next year, which is a possibility that he does, or the other kid is there, he's going to play. So, so this guy's going to walk right into a starting role at Arizona State. With an offense that he's going to be familiar with. Yeah, and, and be able to – to run it from the very beginning. Right. And a lot of times, look, if you're starting over, you just as well start with the sophomore or the freshman and let them and just learn together. Well, and but, you know, in that, I think that's going to be a, a good segue into our next topic. But I, I, I wanted to talk about Ken Dillingham because I told you when I, when I watched it, I sent it to you, that I'm a fan. And I'm a fan because I think – Athletics, whether it's basketball, football, pro wrestling, whatever it is, is all about emotion. Yeah. And, boy, if that didn't draw some emotion out of you, then you're, then your wood's wet. <laughs> right. Like, it is – you can see how much Arizona State means to him, and I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. I, w- I want to see him be successful. Yeah, absolutely. But you talked about the quarterback coming from Oregon. The uh, – the transfer portal apparently is open. I think they're going to be able to start signing different schools soon. First big name to enter the transfer portal, Cade McNamara. Yeah. He's got ties to Kentucky, apparently. They've got players on campus that he played with. Maybe maybe, maybe high school ball. Is Kentucky a landing spot for Cade McNamara? Well, apparently Kentucky is a landing spot for a couple of guys because it's also been rumored Tyler uh, Van Dyke from – uh, Miami is BFFs with Will Levis. They're both from the small state of Connecticut. Yeah. So, personally, I'd rather get Van Dyke. Uh, McNamara did, however, get Michigan to the the CFP last year. I, I think it's just a matter of the fact that um, the kid from Michigan now has got a better arm. He does. You know, McNamara is more of a running quarterback. And uh, – we're expecting DJ Ukulele to enter the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, He's rumored, uh, rumored 
to Notre Dame. To Notre Dame. So look for guys like Matt Rule, guys like Luke Fickle, to really hit the transfer portal hard mm -hmm. in terms of quarterback. Um, and if the starting, if they're if they're still starting quarterbacks on both those rosters, look for them to put their name in the <laughs> right. transfer portal. Right. Because um, the quickest way for a coach to put a stamp on his team, his offense, is to bring in your guy. Right. You know, you think about bringing your guy in terms of coordinators, offensive, defensive coordinators. They also want to bring in their guy in terms of quarterback too. Right. Uh, because that's the guy who runs your offense. Right. You, you, you may have a guy that calls the place, but you have a guy out there that runs the offense. So, yeah. um, uh, I have heard, uh, I can't think of the kid's name, the quarterback at Boston College, uh, could yeah. be a transfer p potential for Luke Fickle. I saw that as well. So, um, I expect some big names. Yeah. To be in the transfer portal. Um, you well, know, uh, the, the herd, uh, uh, is it herd card card, the Texas guy they're, they're saying that he's the number one, uh, the number one quarterback on in, in the portal. He's already put his name out there. Of course, you're not surprised by that, right? Well, I mean, I mean yours is yours there now well. and you got Arch coming in. Arch comes in next year. So that so kid's not playing. He's going to be, he's going to be a third stringer. So. Why be a third stringer when I can go to Auburn and be the starter? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where his landing spot is. And then, you know. He's good. And then you got guys like, and, and I mean, I don't know that we're, we're, we're kind of running long on some of these topics, but you got guys like Stetson Bennett, who Kirby Smart told multiple times, you don't have a place here. They kept trying to run him off. Yeah. And he just wouldn't leave. Yeah. And is on the verge of winning his second straight national championship. Yeah. So sometimes and a lot of people argue that he should be in New York. He could. I mean, I would say that Georgia. There's a chance they're not there without Stetson Bennett. Yeah. They don't have the running game this year they had last year. So there, that is kind of my segue into. I think sometimes players give up too easily. Mm -hmm. They don't. Just because it's hard, they don't want to put the work in. Right. Well, and and it's just assumed like, well, heck, I'm not getting any playing time here, so I'm going to transfer. So, case in point, re the reason we're talking about this is UCLA, UCLA, USC was transfer portal U when Lincoln Riley got there, right? I mean, he literally was buying his team. Mm -hmm. And there were two, uh, two wide receivers – that had transferred to USC before Lincoln Riley got there. The early signing period. Yes, the early signing period. Okay. Well, then he comes in and proceeds to bring in Addison and I think the other kid's name is Williams. There's like three that he brought in. Well, they've all played ahead of those other two guys. The two early enrollees. Right. So, sometimes the grass isn't greener. And it's okay to wait. But the thing about it is, is nobody wants to go four years of college now. They all want to go to, they all want to be able to go pro the minute that they have the age limit to do that. Whether they're a red shirt sophomore or a junior or whatever it is, it's the goal of, I've just got to get to the NFL as fast as I can. So I'm going to hop around all over the place. Education means nothing to these kids. 
to a lot of these kids. Let me correct that. They're not committed to the university. You know, I heard which is probably why you have Stanford and Georgia Tech and some of these colleges that that don't play along with those games. Well, you got guys like Tate Martell who transferred like four and five. He times. transferred himself out of playing football. JT Daniels transferred. He's in his third school. Third school. Yeah. And then got replaced. So you, Adam said he to the guy that should have started all along, the guy that actually saved Neil Brown's job, I believe. I don't think they can get rid of Neil Brown right now. Um, and they haven't done it yet. Yeah, I mean, they would have by they now. They would have done it by now. So I would suggest that his leash, a lot like Scott Satterfield at Louisville, leash is going to be really short. But I think they both have jobs at their current locations next year. But I, a guy I talked with today at work was like, you know, I think that sometimes the fit's not right. A kid, you know, moves across, you know, goes from California to Alabama, it's a culture issue, coach change, you know, things like that that's out of the kids' control. Maybe they didn't realize it was going to be that tough. Maybe it's, you know, within the first two years, sure, transfer. I I think we have to get back to if you transfer, if you are in your junior year or your third year, I should say, because it, should, it could, be, could be a redshirt year, yeah. and you decide to transfer at that point, Barring a situation that in, unless your coach has left, I think that's the situation that I think you ought to have to set out, man. Like well, that's the way it used to that's be. The way it used to be, you know. And then like you got you got this grad transfer. I think it kind of gets murky mm-hmm. because it's like really what school doesn't? I mean, you're nitpicking programs at that point. You're just using that fifth year of eligibility. As a graduate transfer to play to play football, you're not worried about that graduate degree, right? And and you have to it it has to be a degree that you know college A has that college B doesn't. I I, I just the NCAA went from being really strict to really lenient, <laughs> and there was no, now it's a free for all. Now it's a free for all, money and sex, drugs, and they're and not <laughs> and they're not and 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 they can't reel it back in at this point. No. No, because they didn't put any rules in place when they started it. Yeah, so so this is the way... That's why they delayed the, the video game again. They can't figure out how to get all this stuff into it. This is the... <laughs> uh, you're probably right. This is the new way of college sports, and, you know, and, I, and I hate it uh, because one of, the, one of the pure things about college sports that made it so good was it was players going and playing for the team. They were playing for the university. You know, the name on the front was what was important. Well, and when transfers did happen, a lot of times it was kids going back home, getting closer to home, where their parents could see them play. Because that's a big deal, right? I mean, a kid off the West Coast is coming to Michigan. Mom and Dad probably going to have a hard time coming to watch an every-home game. Right. You know? So, you know, speaking of transferring to Michigan – there was when we was watching the game the other night. They made mention one. I think it was one of the defensive players that transferred from Alabama, and we looked at each other going, "If Harbaugh is getting players to Michigan from Alabama, then he's got the ship in the right direction." And we were listening to the radio on the way home Monday morning. And there was a guy that called in and said that 
Dusty and Danny, they do this wow and pow over the weekend thing. So the guy called in and said his wow was that there was an Ohio State recruit at the game on the sideline with Ohio State. After the game was over with, he was seen running with the Michigan players and and shortly after announced that he was signing with Michigan. And he wasn't alone. There were two Ohio State recruits at the game Saturday visiting the Ohio State campus. They were guests of Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And they walked out with offers signed with intent to go to Michigan. Flipped on the sideline of the biggest game of the year for Ohio State. So you know they were top recruits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if both of those schools are recruiting them – those are top. Those are top one hundred guys, probably. Breaking news. Okay. The playoff was just announced. Okay. Georgia one. Yeah. Michigan two. Yeah. TCU three. Yeah. USC four. That's what we expected. Ohio State sitting at five. Uh huh. Alabama at six. So there's no way that Alabama's getting in. I don't think so either, unless the only way and, – and, and I I didn't think this way prior to listening to some of those shows yesterday uh, – um, is if Kansas State just absolutely wrecks TCU in the conference championship game and USC also loses, I could see Ohio State and Alabama jumping in. I don't think Alabama leapfrogs Ohio State. I think the only way Alabama can get in is if both schools lose. Yeah. And and I think TCU is going to have to lose bad. Yeah. I mean, because I think their 12-0 in a Power 5 conference is going to carry weight. Yeah. uh, Not to mention the fact they've already beaten Kansas State. Right. So – I think the glimmer of hope is very very narrow. They don't – I'll be honest with you. I don't see Alabama getting in because of this one thing. They don't want to put a school in with two losses. No. Not in the current format. No. Now, in 2024, when they expand to 12 teams, you're going to have to have teams in there with with two and possibly even three losses. But they don't want that, they don't want that format right now. And also, uh, Mr. Happy Baby himself, Deshaun Watson, returns this week. He does. At Houston. Yep. It's being reported that some of his accusers are going to be at the game. Why? Because it's it's a media free-for-all. I guess maybe to throw lotion at him on as he's coming out of the tunnel. I don't know. Are you serious? The, the article right here on ESPN. Some Watson accusers to attend as quarterback returns. That's stupid. Yeah. That right there proves my point. Houston set it all up. Yep. Houston's also bringing these people in. Yeah. Let's get to – we don't have Wes's rankings, but I did break my win streak or my losing streak. I'm sorry. Well, here, I'll do the rankings. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start at number five. <laughs> and I'm going to put Adam at number five. Number six, we're going to go with Ben. Number three, I'm going to put Trey in there. 
Number 10, it's going to be Wes. I'm going to put Spencer. He's going to go in at nine. I'm forgetting what numbers. Jesse, he's at four. Okay. You've got one and two left. Jeff is going in at two. Okay. And we have a new number one this week. Yeah. With his win streak starting now. Sean Big Daddy Kuiper comes in this week on the Doughboys rankings of fantasy football. Number one. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Wes, Wes actually just sent those to me. That's why. I mean, it was also breaking news, so I thought I would oh, read those off. Nice. Yeah. I love the order, too. And I'm I didn't get Darren. Darren, you're, Darren and Jared are in there Jared, somewhere. Darren, Darren, and, Darren and Darren, I don't even know your names anymore. You guys are in there, too. You're in the top ten. I made yes, sure of it. 100% in the top ten. Yeah. So, all right. So, we are going to pick the football champion or the, the, the conference championships just for fun. Against my better judgment, listen, this was all a hit on you baby boy over here, okay? They're, they're, it's all sour grapes. Adam is like, I had a 42-point lead. How did I let – let's? he missed the whole month. How did he come back? You know, we could just not do it. We could, but they would never know until they listened. And it would – I mean, they would be in almost an hour and a half at this point. Hey. And like, where's the rankings? <laughs> you know, the funny part about it is – we have to tell this story, right? So last week on the show, Wes did a rant. It was terrible. It was a horrible rant. Yeah. And I cut it all out. You did. The whole segment. And then later on, I had made reference to the rant, and we went off on him again. I cut that whole segment out, too. So Saturday, we're driving down the road headed to North Carolina, and he sends a text message, and he goes, where's the rant? Did you cut the rant out? Did I? I don't remember. Did I do that? Right. Yes, I did. Wes, you were complaining about football players who make a first down and make the first down signal. And the, and it wasn't really a rant. It no. It was just like a, a comment. It was like a toddler <laughs> that was fussing because they asked for chicken nuggets and you fixed them chicken nuggets and they didn't want chicken nuggets. <laughs> What are you doing, Doughboy? So I call him Doughboy. You know why? Because he delivers bread. Yeah, bread's made out of dough. Yeah, <laughs> nothing gets past you. <laughs> so, anyways, we cut that out. We did. That's why I'm saying we could literally just not do this whole segment and it'd be like, eh, we didn't really want to. You know what would have been a better rant? I'm a huge cartoon fan. You know, you you know this. Yes. I, I watch a lot of cartoons, even when my kids aren't home, because I love cartoons. One of my favorite cartoons is SpongeBob. Okay. There was a joke that SpongeBob tried to tell one time when he decided he was going to be a stand-up comedian that made me think of of uh, Wes. Okay. And it said, <laughs> what's the deal with these salt shakers? Fill them up every night, and then you got to do it again the next night. Where does it all go? Where does all the salt go? That's how <laughs> ignorant... <laughs> Wes's rant was last week. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, like, come on. Come on, Wesley. 
If you can't tell, we really enjoy it when they're not here. Uh, I do. <laughs> and listen, and you all probably make fun of me when I'm not here, and that's okay, because I don't listen to the show anyway. <laughs> not to the level that me and you make fun of them, though. Uh, that's for sure. And you know, we didn't even get to talk about Skankarello. We'll oh. talk about that later. Oh, uh, On a different show. Gotcha. Skankarello. Yeah. So, well, we'll wait until he gets replaced. Yeah. So. Alrighty then. Okay, so... I've just got these wrote down. We'll go by the list. This is not the order that they're being played, but this is the order I have them wrote down. We have Utah and USC in the Pac-12. West chose Utah. Adam chose USC. The man of Troy, man. Like, you can't go against Caleb Williams. Utah got lucky. They had to have a perfect game last time they beat uh, USC. USC's not – with a playoff berth on the line, they're not losing to Utah. No, and I mean, it It was literally a two-point conversion at the end of the game when time expired. Utah couldn't stop them from scoring. Of course, they couldn't stop Utah either. But Utah's gotten a little worse. USC's gotten better. I am also going with USC. K-State at TCU for the Big 12 title. They both have TCU. I can't imagine either one of us picking K-State. Yeah, I'm going TCU. LSU and Georgia is are you there's no way you're picking LSU, right? No, not after the egg that they laid on the field against Texas AM. That was disgusting. And I think Georgia's probably the best team in football. I do too. I I do really like the four teams that are in the playoff right now. I think Michigan TCU and USC and Georgia sets up to be really good games and the national championship potential. I let me tell you. I think Michigan would like another shot at Georgia. I think Michigan-Georgia national championship game would be phenomenal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm i glad that USC's back, but I would much rather see Jim Harbaugh and Michigan win the national championship than Lincoln Riley win. I don't want to see Lincoln Riley win the way he did in his first year just because we don't want to set that precedent in what they're doing. Uh. North Texas at UTSA. That's Texas San Antonio. I believe that's uh, Conference USA. I don't know. Give me the main green. I'm going to go with UTSA. They both went with UTSA. Toledo at Ohio. I heard the coach was on today. Ohio has been in this game several times. Has never won it. Wes went with Toledo. Adam went with Ohio. Who are you going with? I'm probably going to go with Ohio. I'll go with Toledo. All right. Coastal Carolina and Troy. They both went with Troy, and that's probably because Coastal's quarterback, I think, is out. I'll go with Coastal. I'm going to go with Troy as well. Wes went with Troy because he has a he has a love affair with Pat Summerall or whatever the guy's name is that used to be at Kentucky. This Pat Summerall? No. Pat Summerall, John Summerall, I don't know. They used to be a coach at Kentucky. He's now the head coach at Troy, I believe. Oh. And Wes thinks he's just the cat's meow. Oh, I don't know who it is. Uh, UCF, Tulane. Uh, Wes went with Tulane. Adam went with UCF. UCF got the best of them the first time around. But Tulane just snapped Cincinnati's 32-game home winning streak. I'm going with Tulane in this. I'm going to take UCF. Fresno and uh, Fresno State, Boise State, 
Uh, Wes has got Boise, Fresno to Adam. Honestly, I have no idea. I've not watched either one of them play. See, look, this just goes to tell you the extents that that Adam and Wes are going to to try to say they're better at me than picking. We're picking Fresno State and Boise State. Yeah. I could care less. I'll take Boise State. I'm going to go with you. I think they're playing on their home field. Uh, Clemson, USC, or UNC, sorry. Clemson, North Carolina. Wes has got North Carolina. Adam's got Clemson. I'm going to take the fighting ukuleles. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, if UNC hadn't just laid an egg against State, I probably would have took them, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Clemson as well. Their defense could keep them in it. And then Michigan, Purdue. They There's not a Michigan. single person that's going to pick Purdue. Yeah. And the fighting Jeff Brahms. Yeah. All right. There we go. Hey, I got a joke for you. Okay. Are you ready for it? I am. All right. What's the least spoken language in the world? Klingon. Sign language. (laughs) (laughs) That's wrong. (laughs) You know, I searched Amazon for a lighter the other day. But all I could come up, all I could find were six thousand matches. When you search something, it's called a match. Oh my god! Lord have mercy. Sorry, that's one of those. That's bad. Hey, when does a joke? When does a regular joke become a dad joke? When a dad tells it. When it becomes apparent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. Oh my god! Did you just Google jokes? I, usually, I do. That's kind of how I fill my time. These are oh the things that gosh. keep me up at night. Oh, Lordy. All right. Well, um, fun show. As always, we get to rag on the guys. I think we we talked about a, a lot of great topics tonight. Because we're greatness. I mean, I'm basically the best. I wake up in the morning and pee excellence. <laughs> Such a great movie. Such a great movie. If you ain't first, you're last. That's true. And all three of you are last because old dad was first. I want to go fast. <laughs> Mama, I'm going fast. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, it was another great show, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Stay safe, friends. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.